Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Well, hello everyone. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein speaking to you again. And with the above and the beyond, this time we have uh, questions we're going to go through, and you are welcome to call in. Otherwise, I will just focus on the questions I have received through the email. As usual, we are going to do a meditation towards the end, and this time it's going to be a peace of mind meditation with the wonderful music of Stephen Halpern as we have in the background. And thank you, Stephen, for allowing me to use your beautiful music. And you can watch Stephen's music or listen to Stephen's music at www.innerpeacemusic.com. Well, uh, I think some of the questions were already announced, and we might jump right into them. And um, I will uh, see what this what it was. Oh yes, we have had all we have had the Pope visitors in the United States, which was a very big thing. And of course, I get some comments of that about that, like one gets comments about everything. And what uh, did someone ask? What do you think about all the hoopla <laughs> uh, around the Pope's visit? And I can only say, well, it was a happy event, wasn't it? It was okay. I enjoyed seeing the Pope visiting uh, so many places uh, that he hadn't visited before. And all the happy people who came to see him and who made a point of shaking his, I don't know if you can shake his hand, but kiss his hand, and, and who, who wanted his blessing. I don't see anything bad in that. And I also had some questions uh, when people, where people have asked me, is the Pope religious or is he spiritual? And, of course, you have to know the difference between the two, if the Pope is religious. But, of course, I take it for granted the Pope is religious because when you are religious, you confess yourself to a particular belief, like now he's a devout Catholic, and then you follow rules because each belief each tradition has set up, they've all set up a belief system, and he follows that. Now I'm pretty sure that the Pope is spiritual too, because, you know, you can be in your own religion and you can sit there and have your very own and personal connection with the higher power. And the higher power I call God or the light. And I'm sure that the Pope has this wonderful connection with the higher power and that he is uh, affirming and that he's strengthening that particular connection all the time. I'm also sure that the Pope likes to be the Pope. It's not that he feels that he's forced to be that. So I think maybe everything is okay for those who have been a little bit skeptical about this. Of course, I'm not uh, a Catholic. My children, my, my grandchildren are Catholic. And on my advice, 
I'm a Protestant. And what is a Protestant? I had someone who asked me that too. What is a Protestant? Of course, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm a minister, so I should know a little bit what a Protestant is, particularly since I come from that background. Um, the Protestant faith really came out of the Catholic faith. And the one who got going in that direction, the one who made it happen, was somebody called Martin Luther. I'm not talking about Mar Martin Luther King, the civil rights leader in this particular country here in the United States. I'm talking about Martin Luther, the German who was born in the late 1400, uh, I think 1486 or something, and he lived on to the middle of the 1500s. He was uh, someone who came from a very simple background, but his father managed to send him to a university where he studied, and he ended his, his university studies quite early in life. And then he went through a very strange spiritual experience where he actually promised God that he would go and serve God if he survived a particular incident in the forest where thunderstorm almost killed him. So he became a monk. And he was a very, very devout monk for years. And he had a goal, and that was to go to Rome and to meet the Pope. Eventually he came that far that he could afford to go to Rome. And he came there, of course, with a horse, on a horse. And he arrived in Rome, and that was his biggest disappointment when he came into the, into the hands or into the arms of the Catholic Church. Uh, because here they had said that they were so pure and everything else, and he saw something completely different, and that was of greed or money greed, and there were special brothels made for for the for the ministers or for the priests of the Catholic Church, and he got so disappointed in this because they had said that you know you have to live in celibacy and you have to do this and you cannot make any money and they were doing the opposite thing. So he was there, and he met with the Pope, and he left Rome and went back to Germany. And there he went through several crises, time of crisis again, and it ended up that he started to write down points that he accused the Catholic Church for, and then he put this up on a wall for everyone to read. I'm telling you this very, very easily, just so you know where we all are coming from uh, when even Protestants and Lutherans, so-called, are asking where they're coming from. But this is the beginning of the, uh, of the breakup between the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. So anyway, this created a big scandal in Germany, and the Catholic Church, with the Pope and all the bishops in Germany, they wanted him to apologize and retract what he had said, which he could not do. And, of course, this led to more upsets and to a kind of a religious revolution with lots of violence and blood because there were so many followers now that went along with Martin Luther. So it ended up, and to make the long and painful story very short, was that, that the Protestant, the so-called Martin Luther followers, 
went on their own without the Pope, and they particularly went to the north of Germany and up to the Scandinavian countries and towards other countries, to Holland or whatever, you know, around uh, the center of Europe. So that was the beginning of the, of the Protestant Church. So we Protestants are not tied to the Pope, but I really feel that we should all stick together when someone shows their sign of tradition. We should not in any way criticize this. This could be a happy event for, for them, and I believe we all are right. It doesn't matter who we actually believe in and what faith we believe in, as long as we don't accuse the others of being wrong or we try to attack the ones who are believing in a different way. And that is unfortunately the thing that has happened and is still happening today. It's so sad that something that should be so peaceful is creating nothing but blood and wars all over the world, really. So uh, then, I, of course, I'm a healer, as you know, medical intuitive, and there are so many who ask me, during my seminars and after lectures, and I get the emails, how can I do what you do? I have also got healing powers. How can I use that? What shall I do to go out and make people happy and help people? And, well, I can tell you how I started, and that was I didn't really start at all. God made me do it, so to speak. Yes, I had this urge in me to help, and I didn't understand why. And I didn't understand why people felt so good and why people talked to me afterwards and said, Oh, you healed me. And I said, Healing, what is that? I had no clue what was going on on out there. It was just I was doing something that seemed so natural to me, and it made me feel so happy when I made this. And I think this is how it has to be. When you have a healing power, and when you have discovered out there that you have a healing power, and so many of, the, you know, of, of us here have healing powers, don't force that you know, upon others unless they are now coming to you. And they come to you automatically once they feel that you have this ability and this particular uh, gift about you. So in a way, I would like to say, relax, you know, and I know we hate to hear that word, relax. It doesn't mean anything. And one word that women hate to hear from men is, oh, relax now, <laughs> relax. No, that's not a good word really to use for me. But I said, take it easy. You know, allow spirit to work through you. Allow spirit to talk through you. And this can only happen if you have a peace of mind and you let go of all that forced thinking. Oh, I have to find out. I have to do this and so on. And I very often tell the story how... Uh, uh, this was uh, during the beginning of my career, and there was a man, of course, a young man. Every man is now a young man in my eyes. And he was there. He was a lawyer, and he had asked for some help about something, whatever it was. And then in the end he said, oh, this is very good. Actually, it's almost too good. Are you sure you're telling the truth? 
And I said, what do you mean? Well, have you studied that book and that book and that book? Do you really know what you're saying? How do you know that you're not imagining things? And I got, you know, I just stopped. It, I almost stopped breathing. I said, what is this he's saying? And that scared him a little bit. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't read all those books, and I hadn't gone to those seminars. I was giving them, but I hadn't gone to anyone. And, and he put me in a position of belittlement, I would say. So the next day, you know, I, when I saw the next person, I started to try to think, you know, what I was doing, and I slowed down, and I just lost my ability. Why? Because I listened to a human being, what to do, and I lost my trust in myself. I lost my trust in the light. I lost my trust in my godly ability. And that is one of the dangers out there. Never lose trust in the person, in your ability that you are and the person that you are. Never lose that trust. And that is what I have come to understand, that there is only one master in my life, and that is the light. That is the highest power Call it God, call it the light, call it whatever you want, but that's the only master in my life. And all those big doctors out there, why should they be right? I'm asking you again, why should they be right? And I heard so many wives who complain that their husbands don't understand them. And I'm saying again, why should he be right? Why shouldn't you be right? Remember, women have a spiritual muscle. Men have the physical muscle. And that's how it usually goes. However, I have some fantastically spiritual men friends who are absolutely wonderful. So we cannot draw a line and say, men there, women there, yin energy there, and yang energy there. No, let's just be opening up. Let's open up and allow ourselves to receive spirit. And now we come to another question that I have received, and I received that question so many times, usually in a workshop, and they are saying, how do I increase, how do I make my vibration higher? Instead of lowering your, lower your frequency, you are now going to increase your vibration and your frequency. And you know, that's for good, but it's not always that good because it can make you a little bit uh, irritated about life around you. And I'm going to tell you why. Because, you know, it's in a way you're walking on a path a little bit above gr the ground. And when you come to places where you see a lot of people congregate, congregate you you have a feeling that they are not with you. They are someone else, somewhere else. And you are standing in your place and you look at these people and it's like they are slow motion. You know, it's like they're moving very slowly and when they talk, everything is slow motion. And they raise their hand, it's slow motion. And you feel that you don't belong to them. And that's, you know a little bit hard sometimes when you begin to feel a little bit like an outsider 
from the others because you are moving faster. And I had that experience, uh, I think, you know, yesterday or so, and I stood at the post office, and everything was so slow, and I saw the um, people who uh, stood in line, how slow they were, and how everything was incredibly slow, slow, slow. And then it was harder for me to stand there in line and wait. I have a caller, so could you... I'm going to see if I can connect this time. Hello? Are you there? Hello? Hello? Okay, uh, you're not hearing me, and that happens evidently. Area code 972, are you there? Okay. Uh, So I will continue. So it's really very nice to have a connection with a higher frequency because you can read people in a different way. You can hear the animals talk, and you can hear almost the plants speaking to you. But, of course, if you uh, have accepted that as, as a gift, then it's wonderful. But you can also sometimes feel that this is a nuisance to you, and you get to be too sensitive. <laughs> so that was one uh, the question looking here. I have another question where someone asks, uh, can all people be healed? And I believe I've seen this question many times. And uh, my answer to that is yes, they can, and no, they can't. Why I say yes, everyone can be healed is that uh, uh, we are all godly beings. And when we are in the light, and as long as we open up to the light, yes, we can be healed. But then, you know, so many of us are blocked for various reasons. Then it's very, very hard to heal these people. And I tell a a typical story of that that you um, uh, probably have heard before, but... um, that has been at times when uh, uh, when people have come to me and they have cried and they have said, oh, I'm so sick and I'm going to die and and no one believes me and, and no one loves me. And then I ask them then in that consciousness, do you want to leave and live? And they say, yes, of course I do. I would love to live and I want to see my children continue. I want to see my husband continue and succeed. And then we go into an altered state, uh, so-called meditation, and I'm asking them that question again, do you really want to live? And to my surprise, I've heard that question being answered with, ah, I don't think so. No, this is hard work. I, I think I'm ready to go. So, of course, it's very hard to heal that kind of person. So... Um, If you really would like to be healed, yes, let go. And I've had those other people who come, and they have usually been men, who have said, oh, my wife sent me here, but I'm too sick. I really don't care. Do what you want. I'm ready. I'm open. You know, and they're open. They don't really care, but they don't in any way object to it. And they have fantastic results. So sometimes it's 
better to be like an innocent child and to know nothing instead of being like, oh, yes, I expect that you will heal me. I expect that you will help me. And now get going, and I'm going to follow what you're doing because I'm so intuitive. And I come across that, and that's very, very hard to work with. So let go and let God, that's what I would like to say. Uh, How do I work with the light? Don't you all want to know that? How do I work with the light? And in a way, that is the easiest thing there is. How do I work with the light? And I love to just repeat that several times. How do I work with the light? And I'm saying all you have to do is to disconnect all personal obligations and personal shortcomings and relax and relax and let go. And know that within you, right in your heart area, there is a light that knows all and sees all. And that light within you, that is the God force within you. And that God force, that God flame, is the truth of the one that you are. And where did that come from, that God flame within you? Well, that's the creation within you. That God flame within you is your real, real truth. All about you is in this God flame. That is your spiritual DNA. And it's absolutely unlimited in power. And how do you connect with that power that you have within you? Well, you allow the light to shine within you and now you allow the light from above to come down upon you and enter your head and every little pore of your being and you can raise your hand right now and raise it as far as you can and you just grab a big ray of light and allow it to come down over you And now you brush off your body and it begins to feel so good because that light is coming down upon you. You know, this light is the highest energy of all. And don't bring it down slowly and don't bring light from the ground. Everything is coming down upon you from above. And just allow it to come down upon you. And believe in it all the few seconds it takes to bring it down. Don't say, oh, she said I should do so. I don't know if it works. If you have that thought, well, what do you expect? You create a new energy. Of course it's not going to work. But if you believe in it the few seconds you're doing it, oh, God, it's going to work. And I did that right now with me, and it works. I tell you, it feels so good in my chest area. And I did this, and I don't know if I told you this on air, uh, but um, a true story, I was sitting in a car in a parking lot, in a parking building next to the port of Fort Lauderdale. And I was sitting in my car a little bit too early, deliberately, so I would get a good parking spot. And I had to sit and wait in the car for 45 minutes before I could step aboard the ship. 
So I was wondering, what shall I do now? Well, you can sit and listen to the radio and so on, uh, but it wasn't interesting enough, so I said, I shall meditate. The only meditation I do personally is the light meditation. So I began to put myself in the white light, and I started, as always, with your chest, my chest area, and began to connect with the light within me, in my heart. And I let it grow out of my heart, and then it began to swirl around me. Now I was ready to receive the light from above. And now a ray of light is coming down from above. And all about the light is now coming to you. And you receive this wonderful God energy. This is the one you are. You are a child of the light. And when you bring down the light from above over you, you connect with your origin. And that is what makes you so incredibly, incredibly powerful. Yes, you are a child of the light. And that is how you connect with the light. And this is what I'm teaching in front of you in my seminars. And I shall also do this in my, in my sessions now as often as I can over the Internet and over the radio. So it works, I swear, as long as you believe that you can do that. I haven't told you the end of the story yet. So I sat in the car and did the light meditation for 45 minutes, looked at the time and felt this is time to leave. And when I stepped out of my car and walked by the other parked cars, it was getting so noisy. Each car was dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee, and all the burglar alarms went off as I walked by those cars. Why? Because I was so energized that it kind of hit the sensitivity of the burglar alarms. So there you go. So, uh, of course, you have to be careful how to use that light because when you're discharged, you might pop a few light bulbs. Even if you don't touch the light uh, switch, you might just pop the light bulbs. And I had a problem with that for some time, but then I began to control it so I don't have that problem anymore. But I know people who walk around with this high frequency and they walk by a street light and the street light goes out. So uh, be careful with your powers. But, of course, when you're charged like this, of course it's easy to, to, to heal people and to help people. But you have to believe in it. You have to trust it that very moment when you do it. And that is how you work with the light. This is a form of prayer. There was an incident here some uh, a week or two ago when a little girl died because her religious mother was praying and praying over her, and it didn't work, and the little girl died. And there was a big scandal about that. Well, of course, this was so sad, and I feel so sorry for the mother who had trusted her church, I'm sure, that this is the way to do it. And But I felt this woman had too much fear in her and too much fear of losing when she prayed over her little girl, and that was why it didn't work. 
I have seen too much of prayer working, many people working together, and I've seen it work. It does not mean that you cannot go to a medical institution or to a medical doctor. Please do. But the combination with the medical treatment and with the prayer, I think, is one of the best and safest ways of moving ahead. I really believe in the combination, and I really believe in the power of prayer. And I've had many who have contacted me to say, I'm in the hospital at at 9 o'clock for a surgery this morning, and please can you pray or send me energies. And I have been sitting there sending the positive energy, and they have had reports afterwards from their doctor say, I can't believe how well your surgery went. So don't hesitate. You cannot have a conflict between the good godlike and the medical treatment. And the same goes for your chemo treatment. I've had people who have done their chemo treatment and they have gone back for more and more chemo treatment and they come back to me for the light treatment. And at the end of this, they were jogging and they were looking fantastic. They had all their hair left and the ones at their cancer treatment centers couldn't believe in a way, what was wrong? <laughs> Why were they so healthy? Usually people would get so sick from this. So, yes, the combination is wonderful. And I heard a report uh, on, I believe it was on CNN, but it was pulled out pretty soon. And that was, I believe it was last year, that 238,000 people died. Uh, and they had the, uh, they had actually the potential of getting well. But all those thousands of 238,000 men, women, and children died because they didn't evidently get the right treatment. So we should not be too judgmental towards the so-called prayer service, particularly when you can combine this. I was even asked by CNN to make a statement on this, and that is my statement that Prayer, the most you can do, uh, because prayer does help. But, of course, do not exclude medical treatment, particularly when you have a child, you know, uh, and the child cannot quite explain what's wrong and they don't have their own theories and they cannot look up their symptoms on the Internet. So you really have to help them with that. And the same goes for veterinarians. I work together with several veterinarians, and they consult with them when they don't know what's wrong with some cat or or, or a dog, and, uh, you know, their lives also count. So um, that is uh, something. And then I have do daily affirmations help. And I can say, of course they do. Affirmations help. And, you know, in both directions. When people walk around in the daytime and say, oh, I can't do this, and I can't this, do this, I'm too old for this, I'm too young for this, I'm too ugly, to, to, or I'm too fat to do this, you know, of course those are negative affirmations, and they work wonders. They will make you fatter, and they will make you uglier, and they will make you sicker, and they will make you feel even older and more useless. So your affirmations must go the different directions. Please go ahead with positive affirmations. 
and you can start saying, I'm healthy, I'm feeling absolutely well. And sometimes when we start to have a pain somewhere, and we all know that, and, and, and uh, you know, I suffer from pain myself from car accident and live in a way with constant nerve damage from a car accident, but I control it, and it works. And what do I do? I bring down the light to the particular spot where it hurts. And I have noticed that when you have the light working with you and on you, it doesn't hurt anymore. And I've heard some other people say, hey, you know, it's odd. When I bring down the light in that particular spot in my leg, it doesn't hurt anymore. And I said, well, you know, so that's the way, isn't it? So your affirmations, uh, if you are lonely and want a partner, you just see yourself with a partner and say, I have a partner. I'm happy with my new partner. I'm absolutely deliriously happy with my new party partner, and I'm so successful, and we have a wonderful life. And you kind of see yourself in that position. And, you know, it works. And this need not be for a partner, that can be for the promotion, and this can be for your good health, and this can be for whatever you are wishing for, for a new home, for a new car. And then be specific. Don't say, oh, you know, I can't afford more than a little used car for so and so much. Be specific. You know, look for a better car than what you have now, something that's more uh, wonderful than what you think that uh, you should uh, uh, be able to afford. And continue that. Always look a little bit step above.